Good morning, City Church family. How you guys doing today? Whether you're in the room or online, thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, it is summertime. I just got to talk to a few of the kids in the room. They are super excited. The school is over. Giving me the raise the roof of school being over. Awesome, great job. <laughs> it's going to be a great summer here at the City Church. We are kicking off our summer Sundays. We're actually going to have um, some guests during the month of July just coming in to bless you. Uh, we actually have Pastor Sam Pickin with us this morning from C3 Church in Toronto. Um, I, I've been admiring his ministry and his church, you know, for the past many years. Him and his wife, Jess, over here, they planted C3 in Toronto nine years ago, and I have been watching them on Instagram. How do you know when you watch somebody on Instagram, you feel like you know them, but you don't really know them? Uh, last fall, Pastor Sam and I actually had a chance to have a brief conversation in Calgary, of all places, and we were like, hey, we should probably get together when we're back at the GTA. So we had a great lunch last fall, and I really just sensed the kindred spirit uh, with him, uh, just loved his family, loved Jesus, loves the church, wanted to be a blessing to the city, and I'm so uh, thankful that we became friends. I'm looking forward to further relationship. You know, uh, as Michael just mentioned, you know, we received the legacy offering um, in the month of June. It's not too late to give to that, and one of the things that we want to do with the legacy offering is we want to be a blessing to other churches. So C3 is actually in the middle of buying um, some new buildings there in the Toronto area to, you know, just put the stakes deep in the city. And so we as a city church are going to invest into their church and their building program. So how many of you think Toronto needs more good, healthy, strong churches? Amen. And so we believe that for C3, that they are going to be one of those strong churches in this city for many years to come. So please welcome Sam Pickin as he comes to the stage this morning. Oh, well, <clears throat> thank you, Pastor Brandon Nicole. Amazing. Uh, I know you just got comfortable in your seats, and I, I just want to welcome everybody online. But I always like to just ask people to stand and honor their senior pastors. And if you could do that, if you could just stand up, uh, but don't start clapping yet. Pastor Brent and Nicole, uh, I don't know why I haven't, uh, we haven't built a relationship stronger. We've been, Pastor Jess and I have been in the city in Toronto now as church planters for about eight, nine years now. And there, there must be a God timing on this relationship because I believe that this is a God thing and it's a setup and uh, we came here and you generously used this church to do an ARC event here and just the genuineness and generosity of this church is out of control, is outstanding and don't underestimate how that opens heaven, not just over this church as a corporate body and you are included online in that when I say that, uh, but it, as individuals, if you stay under the fountainhead, if you stay aligned in this house and under that uh, generosity, you will experience that open heaven in your own personal families, in your own personal lives. And that is a price that's been paid by this couple, Pastor Brent and Nicole. So I just want you to give them a, give them a hand. It will help open up your heart for the Word of God. Amen. Amen. Where well, you can be seated again. And... Uh, and everybody online, I've already said, I'm just going to get set up here, get my uh, iPad going. And while I'm doing that, i got a photo of my children. This is, this is my beautiful wife, Jess, uh, on the front row. We've been married for 13 years. But I've got, uh, we have three kids, three beautiful kids. I should get out of the way.
away so you can see them. Uh, so we had Ayla. Ayla is our youngest. Uh, she was born on March uh, 12th, the day we they announced that we couldn't do church anymore. So that, that was an interesting day. I'm like watching news reports and also, you know, trying to be a good husband uh, in that moment. Uh, so there's Ayla. And Kenzie is our middle uh, child, our, our other daughter, and she's just a party. She dresses herself every day and has to involve glitter and some form of unicorn or something. And then Noah, my oldest, and uh, they're just amazing. So I just wanted to show you that uh, uh, our family, you haven't, or we haven't had the privilege of meeting yet. And I'm just so glad and honored to be here. And if you're hearing some weird sounds in my mouth, it's because I am a Canadian citizen, but we were born in Australia. So we are Canadians, but they have to put, I don't know if you can clap for that, I guess. Clap for the Canadian citizenship part. The Australian part is just something you have to bear with today. Uh, so everybody say church like an Australian. Say church, church, welcome to church. So open up the word and, uh, and we're going to get into it. But Let's, uh, let's turn into Acts chapter 2, uh, the book of Acts. This would be, uh, this would, uh, be one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And I, wanna, uh, I just want to kind of open up a little bit about what God has been speaking to me about through, uh, the, through the last year and a half. We, as a church, C3 Toronto, uh, we planted uh, C3 Toronto in 2013. And there has been 433 Sundays since. And in that time, the last 18 months, there has been 68 Sundays that we have not met in person. So I am stoked to be here and to be able to preach in a live room and to people online. I want to respect you and, re- and respect uh, your decision for not being here if, you, if, you, if that is a choice you're making right now. But I do want to emphasize the miracle that is the church. The miracle that is the house of God, because it's been 68 Sundays, about 15% of our church's existence we have met online, which is bizarre. It's, I never, I grew up in church, and when we missed a Sunday, maybe we were on vacation or something was going on, I felt like I was nearly going to hell. Like, you know, that's the kind of upbringing that I had. Like, you don't miss church. You don't miss Sunday. And, uh, and now not going to church in person. We were met, the Bible says that man, it's not good for men to be alone. And so we were created for community, from community. God's the, the, the Trinity said, let us make man in our image. We were created from community, for community. You and I are meant to be together in this place. I call it the church appreciation season, is what COVID has been like. To be in this room, I just I just Instagram a, a, a video of your incredible worship. To be in the room, and, I, and the thing that really stood out to me this morning was hearing the voices of the, of the fellowship, of the other saints in the room singing together. And we just got positioned right next to, like, you guys must be professional singers, because, like, I'm not used to that. Like, like, so just hearing the community of believers singing and worshiping together, it's a miracle. This is the altar. This is, there, there is something amazing and unique about people, believers coming, exiting their normal lives through the week, coming together under one name, singing in one voice, in harmony together. It is a miracle environment. 
a God set up and a God deal, and this church is is the, one of the greatest. I'll say one of the greatest because I, I'm biased to C3 Toronto. But one of the greatest churches examples of what the what the house of God is in this city. And I'm telling you right now, uh, there isn't any hesitation in me to say, and you probably hear this all the time, and do not roll your eyes, that that the greatest days are ahead of you for this house. There are locations and campuses that are going to be planted from this house. They're, they're, you, you are barely, you, I'm saying you're at the starting line, and I know I've heard the story that there is a ton of legacy and a ton of history that's already behind us here at the City Church. But what I'm saying is, is the best days are ahead, and you can consider that there is new days coming. That the, that the pandemic has, has in some ways caused us to restore, replant, and revive church. That in every senior minister, we have reevaluated. And, and that we've done that in the Holy Spirit, in God. We, we have looked internally. I know Pastor Brent and Nicole would have went through thoughts and feelings and revelations in God for God to restore what the church looks like in our city, across the GTA and across Canada. And I'm so glad, and I would like to call you family, I'd like to call you friends, partner with you, but we are on the front lines with this thing as well. And that's right, I didn't know that you were going to do that, what you just did and uh, about our buildings, but we have conditionally purchased uh, two properties side by side as a miracle, like it's a real miracle story, I don't have the time to tell it. Um, and there is immense opposition against uh, us uh, purchasing these properties. We're in the due diligence phase right now. Uh, they're, they're doing some environmental engineering testing, and it's, a, it's all boring. And, uh, but but we've got to do it. We've got to be faithful and good stewards before God. Amen. And, uh, man, when the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, you've got to get some sort of violence in you because there is a spiritual battle. And I don't know if we talk about spiritual warfare too much or not enough. I'm not sure. But at the end of the day, it's true. Jesus said that he wants to liken this generation to children in the marketplace. And what that means is we can be kids kicking a soccer ball around on earth, kind of playing what we call life. But there is a spiritual environment of transaction going on above our heads. And when we're aware of it and we understand that there is a fight, they're in the middle with where we, we believe in heaven and we believe in the new heavens and the new earth, but, but not it's not yet. We're kind of in the middle stage. And that's why we are we are believers that say that we represent Christ here on earth. And man, I'm just, I haven't preached live in a room a long time. I'm just kind of, none of this is in my notes. I'm just, I'm just passionate to be here, but I'm passionate about this church. And I just, I consider it, we consider it a massive honor. I saw the Holy Spirit ministering over my wife as I looked across, and, and we needed this. And so I hope that the Holy Spirit delivers something in this message that you can go home today and say, man, I needed that. Amen? So here's what's been going on in the church appreciation season that we sometimes call a pandemic. Is that I believe that God has taken us back to the fundamentals. Because we, as New Testament Believers in Christ always get excited about the new. But when we want new, we have to be careful not to disregard what God has set as truth. New replaces old, but new should never replace truth. 
changes. The Word of God is consistent. And church history will tell us that we, can't, we cannot ignore what the Scriptures tell us that is true. And so when I'm looking at what is true and how the church is established and I'm evaluating in myself, what is the recipe of the house of God? You can't go anywhere else but the early church in Acts chapter 2. I want to talk to you about the recipe for revival, and I believe this church has the ingredients. The recipe for revival. Somebody say revival. Come on, I'm believing for it. I know that the GTA is going to experience revival. It may not be tent meetings and people, you know, lying down under the Holy Spirit or something like that. I believe revival is in discipleship. I believe that one person at a time that we will see transformation across Canada as the church disciples people uh, into the body of believers. And I believe the recipe is right here in Acts chapter 2. So let's read it. Let's read the Bible. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves. Somebody say devoted. And if you're online, type it in the chat. Type devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, number one, to fellowship, number two, to breaking of the bread, and to prayer. The apostles' teaching, to fellowship, four four ingredients. Apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of the bread, and prayer. Let me give them to you. The apostles' teaching is new revelation. So this church is filled with fresh revelation. Fellowship is new friends. Every great God-fearing church ought to be a place where you can meet new people. Fresh friends, new friends, new family. When someone comes in lost, distressed, and distraught about the navigation of their own life, but they come into the house of God, they will meet great people. And I love that this place is a place where you can meet great people, new friends. And then there is, after fellowship, the breaking of bread. This is new covenant. I'd like you to take notes if you want to, and you can jot these great things down. New covenant. New covenant is different than fellowship and breaking the bread. These are different things. Breaking the bread is communion. We call it the Eucharist. It's what, it's, it's the essence of when you become born again in Jesus. New covenant. So there's new revelation. There's new friends. There's new covenant. And the last one is prayer. New power. New power. And I believe every single time that we come to the city church on Sunday and even attending online, that we have the opportunity to be filled with new revelation, be filled with new community, be filled with new covenant, and be filled with new power. Everything I felt it in the worship. You cannot go past those last songs that we just sung and not be filled with fresh power. I was filled with fresh power this morning in church. How many people love the house of God? Amen. Amen. I love how responsive this church is. This is I feel like I'm preaching at home. All right. So then let's just read the context. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs that performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Somebody say common. You have a lot in common. You have a lot more in common than you think. Amen. A lot in common. They sold property and possessions and give to everyone in need. Every day they continue to meet together. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God. And they enjoy enjoying the favor of all people. And the 
need new covenant. Why? Because out of new covenant, the breaking of bread, every time we take communion together, we did this as a church last Sunday, you know, and communion can be anything, but as, as long as when you're taking it, you're remembering who Jesus is, and that reveals who you and I are. Out of new covenant, you get given a brand new identity. That's why the breaking of the bread is so important. Jesus said, when we get together and we're around this table together, do this and remember me, because as you think on me, you know you. And we have a lost and stranded generation in identity that have run away from the Father's house that need to know what we sang on stage before. They need to know the foundation that our lives are built on God's love. New identity. Amen. So the second one is apostles' teaching. Apostles' teaching. This is, obviously, the Word of God. This is this. This is the Scriptures. Do do we have a people, a city, and a nation that live their lives unwavering of the truth of the Scripture? I know. There once was a day where that might be assumed in most churches, that people read their Bibles. That people, now this, is, this, is, this can be okay to get a little convicting, but I'm telling you that when we build our lives, going back to the foundations, going back to truth, what, what has happened with our value of the Word of God? And I know that Pastor Brent and his team, preaching team here, I know the value of the Word of God in this house. And I'm thankful for that because not every church opens the Bible every Sunday. And not every Christian opens the Bible that often. Okay? Now, why don't we value the Word of God? Why don't we value the Scriptures? Why, like, why, why maybe we'll read a Bible reading plan on the Psalms, on how to deal with anxiety, the, the seven-day plan, and that, those are great. But I encourage you to read the book. I encourage you to, 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 to read even the parts that you've never read. To, just, to read the whole, the whole book is essentially God's promise from cover to cover. It starts with a, a garden and it ends with a new city. Cover to cover, God says, this is my intention for humanity. And there's all this stuff in between. This is my intention for humanity. This, this book. It's the scriptures for us, and it's a gift to you. And it's right, and we live in a country where we can read it, and we can talk about it, and we can preach it, and it's amazing. So why don't we value God's word for what it is? And I want to suggest to you, propose to you, is because we don't see God for who he is. And I don't know where our amazing worship leader is. Now, oh, you're there. You quoted that line. What was the line? Something about seeing, seeing God. We don't value God's scripture for what it is because we don't see him for who he is. Let me illustrate. So, I am Australian, and I went back to Sydney this one time a number of years ago. And I'm, going, I'm in the airport, and for some reason, I don't know what was going on, but, that, but where you get all the bags, like when you go, and I was traveling by myself at this point, I can't even remember what it was for. And I'm in the airport, and there's like no one on.
start talking to these guys, and they were cool, and, and it was great. So we just had a friendly chat, whatever, sparked up a conversation. Anyway, grab my bags, I'm, I'm starting to leave, and I just see, you know, some people starting to pay attention to these people. And as I, I, I walk out, the glass doors, there's, there's glass doors, I walk out, and there's like this sea of young people, like probably around 13, 14-year-olds, most of them. There was a few, like, you know, other people. But, and they, they had signs, and they were screaming. And I'm like, man, I didn't know anyone knew I was coming. But this, I mean, it's exciting. I don't know what they're screaming about, but I feel like I deserve it. <laughs> so, so the glass doors, are, and turns out it wasn't for me. So I walk down. Anyway, I turn around. These four guys come out. The place is bananas. There's people with bunches of flowers. There's people with signs. And it's going wild. I happened to, when I was standing with them, I should have brought the photo today. I happened to take a photo uh, with them. And I sent it to my wife, who was back in Canada. And, and I'm like, did I miss something? Like, do you know who these people are? And my wife responds, just so funny. She's like, um, <laughs> honey, uh, that's One Direction. Like, like as this is me, so culturally irrelevant. Um, and so, and so I'm having a conversation, and the lead singer. This is for anyone that doesn't know, like me. Uh, these guys are somewhat famous as kind of you know a, a pop group. And I was having a conversation with Harry Styles, and I didn't even know it because I didn't see the person. I didn't take. I took for granted the words that were coming in that conversation. Because I didn't see him for who he was, I didn't value the moment for what it was. If I had have known who I was talking to and seen him for who he was, I might have made some different decisions in the moment that in the opportunity that I was presented. When the Bible sits on our bedside table, there is an opportunity that is presented to us every single day, but we won't take the value from what's between these covers for what it is if we don't see him for who he is. And I believe that this generation is yet to see God for who he is. He is the creator. The biggest trick from the enemy is to try and convince people that God doesn't exist. If God can get a generation to be atheists and believe that there is no existence of God, that's Darwin's theory that creation happened, the creation, the greatest testimony to see God is look at the stars. Look at the sunset. Look at, watch a David Attenborough documentary. Don't listen to everything he says, but just look at creation. It's incredible. Look in the mirror. You're incredible. You want to look at yourself and go, wow. Praise God. How many people look in the mirror like that? I do. With my shirt off, I'm like, wow. Praise God. Okay. But when we see God for who He is, and that's when our eyes become open in these places of worship, we want to know what He has to say. 
care what God has to say because they yet to see him. So many people walked past Jesus, didn't see him. So they didn't care what he had to say. Can you imagine living in the days of Jesus? And then realizing later, oh, that guy. I was in Nazareth, and I was sick. But because I didn't see him for who he was, I didn't value what he had or what he had to say. Amen. Somebody say the apostles' teaching. So we want to, when we're going through things and, you know, we want to build our house on the rock, man, man shall not live by bread alone, Matthew 4, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, and our generation is living in anxiety and depression and going through a pandemic. Without faith, how do you have hope? You don't know God. So the church can't get shut down. We don't have time for that. We've got to keep showing people Jesus, keep preaching his word. Fellowship, number three, the third recipe is, it's not just community, it's commission. This church is a great church and has the recipe for revival because it's a church on mission. There is vision in this house. There is intention in this house. Community, you can get community at many other different social clubs in the city. What you don't get at many other different social clubs in the city is a sense of vision that exists and marks a difference in eternity. Here you'll get that. We are just a community. Actually, the Bible doesn't really refer to us as that. The Bible refers to us as a body. And a body is a people aligned, and you're going somewhere. And you will go further in life aligned to this house. But the problem is, is we live in council culture, and we shut each other down because we can't seem to agree on anything. And God has a very low standard of agreement. It's like, if I can just get two, can I, can I just get like, you know, okay, so one... But can I just get a second person? Can two people will agree on anything. God has a super low standard of unity. He's like, I will do anything if churches can just get along. I will do anything if people will stop canceling out churches. Christians will stop canceling out churches. Christians will stop canceling out pastors. If we can get Christians to just get along. And agree, we've got some sense of going somewhere. But we, I mean, and we have a whole lot to agree upon. What is it? The reason we have so much unity comes from common ground. You and I have a lot of common ground. Do you know what our common ground is? Is we are all sinners. And we all fall short. Everybody say all. All. Tell me about something about your brother and sister that you can't find common ground about. And I'll tell you that they're a sinner and you're a sinner.
you know, I got an opinion on something, and I just want to, I didn't like what Pastor Brent said in that message that time six months ago. I don't know, but Pastor Brent is a sinner, and you're a sinner, and Pastor Brent needs Jesus, and you need Jesus. We got some common ground. And, and, the, and the Bible says in Romans 5, verse 8, while we, somebody say we, it's, it's unity, commonality. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Man, we got a whole lot of common ground. So when you look into someone else's eyes and you don't know their story or you want to judge their story or you want to hear what they say and you want to assume their story and have to have prejudice towards somebody, maybe we need to just take a step back and say, listen, Christ died for me and my story. And that person has a story and Christ died for them and their story. I might not agree with everything they stand for. But do we have to? Do we have to? Honestly, I don't think we need to. I think at the end of the day, we live in a diverse, God, beautiful, diverse people in Canada. Not just ethnicity, not just but, but in opinion, in stances, in something, whatever, all of it. But we're living in such a cancel culture that, that soon enough, we won't even be able to get two people to agree on anything because individualism is going so far down to the point where if you don't agree with everything I say, we don't have agreement. What is that? How can we ever get there? How can we ever arrive? So we're going to have differences. But in the same breath, we have so much in common. Because you're an individual in need of Jesus, and I'm an individual in need of Jesus, and we don't need to work out everything in order to know that we can go somewhere together, because as the church, God has called us for such a time as this. It's revival, and people need Jesus. People need Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be working things out together, and that we shouldn't be, like, there is conversations to be had, and all the rest of it, and, and the Bible in these conversations and working things out because that's where real discipleship happens and that's where maturity happens but what I'm talking about is what we're on mission for and we need to mature and we need to talk and we need to and, and we need to be a better nation and a better city and we need to, we need all that stuff and what I'm talking about is the fundamentals and the fundamental is is I live in a nation called Canada that has a purpose by God earmarked by the covenant Cover to cover, God has a plan for this city and for this nation. And guess who I get to be a part of it with? You. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that you're watching online. And I'm so grateful that we're doing this together. So common mission is fellowship. And the last one is power. Prayer. Luke 24 says, stay here.
talking about that common ground where you and I, where, where we are sinners and we all need Jesus. And if you're watching online or you're here in this room and you've never firmly made a decision to give your life to Jesus, that is the most important, most fundamental, it is the most life-changing decision that you and I will ever make. And the way you're going to respond is in a moment I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you're in the room or if you're online, you're going to indicate to the in the chat or you click the I raise my hand button or whatever, whatever you have going on there as a way, as an act of faith to say, I want to be included in this moment. We're going to pray a prayer together, a simple prayer. It's a prayer of repentance that makes your heart right with God. And then you and I are leaving here as brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe you, maybe you have made that decision before, but for any number of reasons, you know that today's the day live experience in the room or online that your life isn't right with God and whatever those reasons are, it doesn't matter right now, what matters is, is your future and you want to recommit your life to God, you want to rededicate your life to God, well you too need to be included in this prayer so if that's you if you're in this room and I would like everybody to stand up who's actually in the room, stand in, in this moment if, you, if you're willing to like us to pray a prayer together. So if that's you in this room, can you just can you just close your eyes right now? And if you are someone you want to give your life to God either for the first time or you want to recommit your life to God, I just ask you to raise your hand if you're in this room. You want to either do it for the first time or you want to recommit your life to God or if you're watching online, then you would indicate in the chat or click the I raise my hand button. Is there anybody in this place? Nobody looking around. This is a private moment between you and God. Thank you. I see you. If you 
Thank you, Pastor Brandon.